Welcome back to the Company of One podcast. Hey, I'm Dale Callahan. I am your host. And today we're going to talk about the, uh, you know, that thing called higher education. It's specifically, can you get or can you become something without higher education? And specifically, can you become an engineer without a college degree? Yeah, this is a subject that since I'm an associate dean, I'm an associate professor, in engineering, uh, so I spend all my time hanging around academia. Well, at least a lot of my time hanging around academia. This is a hotly contested subject. I'm not necessarily popular. Matter of fact, sometimes I'm highly unpopular for even saying things like this. I've wrote a post not too long ago, the dim future on higher education, and so we'll talk more about that today. But this is an honest look at where we are in education, and I'm going to focus on engineering, but I think we can say almost everything else applies. So we're going to look at that, and we're going to pull this apart and and ask. So if you're a parent and you're sending somebody to school, think about this, uh, and we'll talk about why. You know, Think about the value that you're getting. Think about uh, making decisions with your money for the outcomes. If you're an employer, obviously you're probably already thinking this, Uh, Many are telling me that. If you are a faculty member like myself, think about it, dadgummit. This is your career. This is your income. Uh, For the people in the ivory tower at the universities, uh, I think a lot of them are thinking about this. Uh, Some are denying it. Some are pretending it's not happening, but it's happening. Uh, So we're going to just give all of them or all of us, depending on where you want to put me, all of us enough credit to think that you are uh, that we're we're paying attention, uh, but it's a tough road uh, for a business or an entity to handle that. So let's jump into that here in just a minute. But before we do, I am trying to get more reviews on my podcast, and man, iTunes is not the easiest thing to review. I have to uh, admit that it's just a little clunky. Uh, so anyway, uh, if you if you like what you're hearing, if you're part of this, I would love to get a review from you. I'm going to give a shout out, as I've been doing. Uh, this is one from Bookie CLM, left on iTunes. I don't know who Bookie CLM is. I just love the titles and the names that we have on iTunes. And it says, helps others. Dell's style of communication is not emotional hype. Rather, it's practical and inspirational. He's not doing this solely for the money but to truly help other people achieve their dream lifestyle. Thank you so much, Bookie CLM. Yeah, I am not, as I told you, if you have been listening to this, uh, I told you in a piece, uh, recent podcast, uh, this podcast is not monetized in any way, shape, or form right now. Now, will I do that later? Maybe. But this is stuff that I'm doing that's coming out of my work with executive education out of university. Ha, how ironic. But at the executive education level of the kind of things that we are spending time talking about, because I spend my time with corporate people, corporate executives, software developers, all kinds of people at the level, usually in technology. So I'm spending my time with them and uh, and hearing their thoughts on what's going on in academia while they are participating in academia. It's an interesting dynamic. So let's just jump into the subject at hand. Can you become, and and this is a serious question, this is not just me running my mouth, this is a serious question, can you become an engineer without a degree? 
Now I've got in the title or anything else, but I'm gonna focus on the engineer and, and let you kind of peel back the layers. If you're an accountant or if you're a uh, um, you know, brain surgeon or something like that, you know, does it apply to you? I think it does. Uh, but the engineer I can put in a box a little bit easier. So let's just first start and say this. Education is incredibly important. So whenever I say things like, hey, people don't need to come to us, and I say this in meetings very often, I have quit saying it, to be honest, because nobody listens, it just makes them mad, makes them upset, and uh, it's not going anywhere. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at what, uh, I'm looking at things a little bit differently, not that I disagree with this, but when, when I do make statements about we are just not adding, when I say we, I mean academia in general. I don't mean our university, but I mean academia in general and, and specifically engineering schools that we are not necessarily adding the value. Now, those are not my words. Those are industry's words. Now, if you're sitting there in an industry position and hiring people and you say, Dell, I totally disagree. We hire people in engineering degrees. I get it. Yeah. And, and many people do. Many people still do that. It's still a methodology that we use to say uh, that we're doing that, but many don't. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So, But education is important. Whenever I say we are not adding value or people don't need a degree, I am not saying they don't need education. I am just saying that universities do not own education. Colleges and universities that you pay tuition to, we don't own education. We are just a path for disseminating education. And I'm not even sure we're that. Uh, we, because the education comes from the learner as much as it comes from the teacher. But we are a path that at least our society goes to get an education. So again, if you're a parent, think about that just for a minute. Nobody's telling you your kid doesn't need to be educated. Matter of fact, they need to be highly educated. It's just look at all the opportunities ahead of you. Look at what is the best bang for the buck. Now, the universities have something going for them because a lot of parents want their kid to have an education, not necessarily because of the value, but because it's the experience they had and the playtime and all the good stuff like that that universities are pretty good at doing uh, and the culture of universities. But the knowledge, yes, we do some of that. I won't say we do all of that, but we do some of that and we are only one path. The problem is we in the university, and again, I'm speaking globally, there's many people inside universities that absolutely agree with what I'm saying, but globally or, or collectively, we in the university and quite frankly, a lot of society thinks that a college degree is the only way to succeed. And in particular, in the field of technology and education, a college degree is the only way to succeed. So we do think that. Um, we're wrong, but we do think that. And so when I sit in meetings with people, quite frankly, even though they will hear me out and they will give a nod of knowledge and acknowledgement to me, in the back of their mind, they think, there's no way. There's no way. We'll talk about that in just a second. But let's think about what universities do add. 
why do students come to university? So I'm sitting in a class the other day, and I'm teaching a graduate class in engineering. And yes, maybe I sound hypocritical because I'm in there, but I do think we can add value. And so when I teach, I'm trying to add value. But I asked this very question to students sitting in front of me who are paying tuition and going in debt for it at this very moment. I said, why are you showing up in this classroom? And they say, well, to get a degree and to get an education. I'm like, well, have you ever heard of YouTube, right? Have you ever heard of YouTube and, and all of these other, uh, excuse me, my timer's going off on my phone. It's probably supposed to be reminding me of something, but I don't remember what. Uh, so, but I was asking these students, have you ever heard of YouTube? Have you, look at all the knowledge out there in front of you. I mean, we have it today, incredible wealth of knowledge right at our fingertips. We can just be sitting there on our phone anywhere in the world uh, on a treadmill, walking the dog, whatever, and we have it right there with us. So I'm asking them, you know, you're not really here at us at the university for an education. What are you here for? Well, it's to get a job. And so we started peeling back the layers. And, you know, when I said you can get a job without this, I mean, that's well-documented, well-known. Little small companies like Apple make a big, giant point to say they don't value higher education. I think that's exactly the words Tim Cook used. You see companies like Google. So you see a lot of companies really questioning the value. And I'm not, if your company feels differently, that's great. I'm just saying a lot of major players are really challenging the norm. And so as we peeled back with these students, what it is it, what is the reason they come here? And it came down to two things, which I knew what the answer was because I've peeled this layer back myself. It's accountability. Because when they take a class, when they pay us to take a class, they have to be done by the end of the semester. They have to show up. They have to do the stuff. They have to get a grade, and preferably a good grade. There's accountability. And we, if we think about that, that doesn't mean we're lazy or anything like that. Many of us hire a personal trainer just for accountability. Many people will uh uh, do lots of things and join a club or pay for some service just for accountability because we want somebody asking us the tough questions. So, But that's one thing we do as a university. We have a built-in accountability system. You pay, you have to show up, do the work, there comes a deadline, and you're done, whether you've done the work or not. You're done, and we grade you on it. The second thing we have going for us is credentialing. Like it or not, disagree with it or not, we're going to give a diploma and there's a certain segment of our mindset of the world that says that means something. Now what it means when I start asking people and especially industry leaders, what it means is all over the map. It's squishy. Some people will tell me it something you know, they they've been to an institution and been tested and been through a the higher learning and they and they really believe in what the university is selling. 
and probably they do because they've spent a whole bunch of their own money and they spent a whole bunch of their money with their children and they're probably hiring people that come out of that. So, okay, they believe it. They put it where the money is, uh, put the money where their mouth is. But others, when we talk about credentialing, they will say something like, you know, we just need a filter. We are hiring people. And we need something to show that they can are capable of doing something. We need a, a crucible. And the universities play that role. That you have to show up, you have to go through the insanity, you have to pay the bills, you have to manage all the craziness that goes with getting a university degree, and especially something like an engineering or a complicated degree field. And you've passed the test. I mean, that's why we see people who hire engineers they don't really need engineers. They just are looking for people who are willing to work hard enough to make it happen. So accountability and credentialing are two things, and they're critical things, that the university does to add value. Now, I just said that, yes. The university adds value by adding accountability and credentialing. Is it $100,000 in value? $400,000 in value? Fifty thousand. I got no idea, um, and it probably depends on the person. But we do that. We do that relatively well. We at least have a built-in system of doing the two things. But universities are not always good at these other things, and I know this because you tell me. And by you, I mean industry leaders will th- say things like. It's not really a quality education. And many times they'll say something differently. They'll say, it's not the education I had, right? Because we don't ever want to discount our own education. It's not the education I had. The truth be, it's pretty much exactly the education you had, and that's part of the problem, is the world's changed, but the educational systems haven't really changed to go along with it. So, uh, But we don't always believe that higher education is quality. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. I, I, I kind of know what I think. I know the conversations that we have inside the university when we talk about quality education. Is it the same quality education that academia thinks? Is, is I mean, what industry wants and what other people want? I don't think so. I think we're talking what one means by quality and what the other means by quality is two different things, which kind of comes to the second thing we're not always that great at is relevant education. Uh, we are oftentimes behind the gun uh, or behind the times, especially in high and in, in quickly moving technology fields because our faculty members, some of them are way out in front, but a lot are lagging behind. They're, they're in a world that does not, while they may be researchers, it, the world does not really sponsor them or to, to teach to the leading edge, to the bleeding edge. Uh, but in industry, especially in engineering, that's what they're doing. And again, these are not my words. I hear this all the time from engineering firms and, and executives, you know, people that say it's just not relevant. And some of them are on my board and they will sit in the board meeting and they will say that apologetically, maybe. And, you know, I'm, I have to tell them, no need to apologize. I'm with you. I totally agree. 
but they'll say, and, and they'll usually say, Dale, it's not you, it's not your university, it's just in general. It's just not relevant. It does pass that test of, yeah, they've accomplished something when we hire them, but they really don't know much. And so it doesn't, rel- it's the, the information that we've uh, delivered is not relevant. And oftentimes, it's not accurate. What they were taught in the university is not always the way it's done, right? So while, so while we do two things really well, accountability and credentialing, we struggle with equality and we struggle with relevant education. And boy, I say that with, you just don't know the amount of energy we spend on what we call quality control in education. But it's funny because what it is, it's, it's usually educators making sure there's quality. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. So we're educating with quality, like we're measuring how well we educate, but sometimes we forget to say, what are we educating on the relevancy? Anyway, that's a that's a struggle. And again, I'm not talking about any particular university. That's just a normal struggle. So let's think about this with disruptive innovation. Now, I know I said I was going to talk about can you become an engineer or anything else without a degree? Clearly, I think you can see my answer is yes. Yes, you can. Um, There's some challenges here, but yes, you can. But let's talk about disruptive innovation. You may not know what that means, but disruptive innovation is some innovation that comes along that totally blows apart the market. Think about Uber to the taxi cab service. Uh, it's something that's a different change uh, that changes the game of how things happen. Think about Amazon to bookstores, right? Uh, so they're, they're things that usually start small, usually start kind of clunky, and, um, and then they kind of take off and they blow apart an entire industry. And we call that disruptive innovation. That's actually a Harvard MBA faculty member term. So he's added that value, right? So there's an article I talked about, the, the dim future of higher education. I won't, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, which are at dalecallahan.com slash, this is 148, so slash 148. Uh, the dim future of higher education, where I, I just making, I'm making the case when you've got the, the world of Facebook and, and Apple and other media platforms that know what we're doing, know what we're thinking. They know where I stand. They know how well my, they know about my grammar. They know what I'm thinking about. They probably know my skills and they have the need for technology people. They can use their artificial intelligence engines to create, yes, that's right, to create education inside their system. Do it for free, do it for pay. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to do it. Apple is already playing some of this game, uh, and they're making the statement that we're just going to build our own workforce, and they don't value necessarily college degrees. Again, they've said that. So disruptive education, when I look at higher education, it's a it's it's really going to take a beating. Uh, so there's a, there's a great book. I'll put a link to this in the show notes too, called uh, Late Bloomers. And in the end of the book, 
he's talking about for higher education, and he's just talking about how does higher education deal with late bloomers, but he makes the statement, it's not so subtle, that higher education, whatever ones are going to be left, here's what they should be doing. And it's interesting because he's looking at it and he realizes there's probably going to be mergers and acquisitions in the higher education market. Yes, I know they're public universities, private universities, but um, there's a lot of competition out there and there's more stuff every day. And so it's going to be disrupted and it's going to uh, hurt. And uh, from those of us on the inside, it's going to hurt. Um, But that's going to happen. So with all that said, let's just think about a scenario of two. And I just put yourself as a hiring engineer. So you, you're not the HR person. You are the engineer these people are going to be working for, right? They've gotten past HR. And you interview two people. One of them has come to you and is $50,000, $60,000 in debt, did his or her four years, Let's call it six years because it's in engineering. But four to six years, got the degree, had good grades, bad grades, but mostly pretty good grades. They're in debt. They learn the material. You're hiring them. They seem like a good candidate. And then you hi- and then you interview another engineer, quote-unquote engineer, that has zero debt, that did it in two years, not four to six, and didn't really go to school. He used, she used tools like Udemy, edX, Coursera, took courses from some of the top universities, right, and from people that weren't universities that would could learn the skills and did it on his or her own time. Now, I asked that question to many people, and I even asked that question to the classroom of graduate engineers, people who have recently got their undergraduate in, in, in engineering, and now they're in a graduate program. And I said, who would you hire? And they said, we would hire the second person because it's not whether he's or she's in debt or not. I mean, that's fine. But if look how they can manage their life, that's how they're going to manage us. They're thinking. But the main thing is they showed self-discipline. They can get it done. I want that person. And you think about that for a minute, who would you hire? You would probably hire the second person. Now, I ask that question in some, in all fairness, some people will say, we're going to hire the first person because I don't think they've missed anything and they've studied under, you know, experienced engineer, you know, okay. But, so there's no real clear answer except just think about the scenario. If you've got a son or daughter going off to college, think about it. You are about to spend Let's just, it's, it's going to be 100000 You know, there, maybe you can do something a little cheaper. I don't know. Probably not. It's going to be about 100000 It's going to be a little over four years for an engineering degree, probably five. It's going to um, have lots of pain and suffering and all the things that go with higher education and academia, right? It's going to have the fun stuff, too. And, and along with the fun stuff, many of us, especially those like me that are Christian, really have a problem with things that are going on inside the academia. So, you know, you'll see people say you send your kids to college and they come back twisted and warped. And, yeah, that's true. That can be really a true statement. So you, you put all that stuff together 
and you think about what's going on. So I talk to parents all the time, even without my influence, that are struggling. They want their kids to have a great future, and they want to have the opportunity to do things. They maybe are interested in technology. That's why they're talking to me. And they are yet scared of the university. It's like a cesspool of liberal thinking. I don't mean political, but, you know, the um, um, it's a cesspool. It's just, and there is a lot of that that goes on. Um, there's I hate parents, and that's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's there. And then there's the money. Right, so, uh, and they're sitting there scratching their head, but they're like, if I don't send Johnny and Susie to school, they're going to be living in a van down by the river, right? And, and, and there's this fear, and there's this tension, and I'm seeing it in parents all the time. And I see it even in individuals that are thinking about or spending the money at the school. So, I just want to write a prescription here, Right? This is a prescription for how to do it. I'm not suggesting you don't go to school. I'm suggesting you think about it. Make an informed decision. Think about what you're doing. Now, this could be true of anything. Yes, if you're going to be a neurosurgeon, you probably need to be board certified and do all that other great stuff. And probably that path of not a university, is we're not there yet. If you're going to be an accountant and a CPA, right now the CPA exam requires you to have certain degrees. It's kind of a built-in system, right? If you're going to be a professional licensed engineer, like many civil engineers are, yep, same thing. It's built in to the system. Um, but let's just think about the typical electrical mechanical engineer. If you want to do that and you don't want to go to school, what you want to do is focus on developing a plan that uses discipline. In other words, you need personal or your Johnny and Susie needs personal discipline to get it done. Now they need personal discipline to go to school too. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's going to be a little bit more intense that they can get it done. And, and so here's how we do this. Just determine what you need by looking up the syllabi. Now, I actually have an entire curriculum set out for electrical engineering looking at how could you do this without coming to our university. And I'm doing that for uh, opposition research, if you will, for the university. How would they play against us? And I look up what's, a, what's in an electrical engineering career and what Udemy courses, what Coursera courses would you take to go around us. And it's scary because it's easy. It's incredibly easy. And the nice thing is with a Udemy, you don't have a lot of accountability, but with some of the Coursera stuff you do. So what you want to do is take a look, and I'll use electrical engineering. What courses do you need to have? What do you need to know? What's that kind of base knowledge? Determine what it is. Then go find places to learn it, and then set up a schedule and do it. Now that's a hard part right there. That's where the accountability comes in. It's doable. It's incredibly doable. And here's how I know. We graduate people all the time uh, who will come to us and say, hey, engineering school was great and all that, but Udemy saved my life because when I got on the job, I needed to learn skills that I did not have, that you did not teach me. So I would get on Udemy or other tools, spend tens and tens of dollars, right, because uh, that's how much it costs, and 
and learn the skills that really I needed on the real job. So it's out there. So, But you set a schedule and you do it. And then focus on experience because, quite frankly, what I'm going to hire you for is not your degree. We all know that. I'm going to hire you for your experience. So you've got some engineering skill sets that you've developed on your own and you found a way to get experience, which that's very doable. You're there. You're done. You don't need it and save a ton of money. So let's say you spend five grand on that. You're $95,000 to the good. You're already a winner, right? Now, Yes, don't send me an email and say, well, go ahead and send me an email and say this. But I'm not suggesting, because I'm with a university. There's some things we do really, really, really well, especially in the executive education suite. We're doing that pretty darn well. We're doing undergraduate pretty well. It's just going away, and it's going away fast. And we're blinded to it. We globally are kind of blinded to it and we'll see what's happening. So I'm not saying you don't do that, but my gosh, think about what you're doing. You can do this without a degree. You can do accounting without a degree. You may not can get the license and certification, but you can do it. You can do physics. You can do chemistry. You can do math. You can certainly do art history. You can certainly do music and all these kinds of crazy things out there you can do without a college degree and you can save a ton of money if you choose to go that path. I'm not advocating you do one thing or another. I'm advocating we think and we make logical decisions and dadgummit if you're going to go to some university and you're going to come to us and pay us money, hold us accountable and demand that we deliver because that's our job. Have a great week.